Howdy, y'all, and welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm super grateful that you're here. I've got uh, Chris Durfee on the show today. Chris Durfee is a gaffer. He's an amazing talent, and uh, he was a joy to talk to. Uh, we'll get to that in one second. You're going to love that. Uh, but right now, congratulations is in order. Uh, I'd like to congratulate Sam Thomas, the producer of this podcast, uh, Thursday or Friday of last week, uh, Alicia Keys dropped a new album titled Alicia and, uh, Sam co-wrote and produced the seventh track on that album. It's called me times seven. Uh, I'm so pumped for Sam. I know he's been awaiting the day that he could reveal this awesome news and that day's here. Uh, so give that track a listen. It's on the album, uh, titled Alicia. Uh, also on that note. Sam and I have been building a video switching system for this podcast so we can bring the podcast into the video space sometime before the end of this year. Uh, We've shot a few tests and we should have an episode for you guys to look at here in the next month or so. Uh, So that's coming. That's pretty fun and interesting. Uh, It's adding a a lot of work, but yeah, I think it's going to be worth it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're not going to be recording every episode, but we will be recording, you know, select ones here and there and even live streaming, uh, some of those shows, hopefully before the end of the year, I'm thinking in the next month or so, uh, that's awesome news of course, but better news is my guest today. Let's get to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Durfee. We're doing the pop cast. <laughs> well, you know, it depends on how long this, uh. Oh, why not? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, man. Sam Thomas recommended that you come came on, and I thought it was a great idea. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. He said, Durfee, you know Durfee's got some good stories to tell. <laughs> and, you know, we stick with, you know, so, most everybody that comes on is in the arts and entertainment business somehow, but we haven't had a gaffer on yet. It was the first. Well, I'm glad to be the first. Yeah. And you yeah. were late, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> So true to four. <laughs> yes, yes. But you gave me an out. I did. I said, yeah. you know, you feel free to drag your feet. These kids yeah. aren't going to bed. <laughs> well, so like for I those, didn't replace myself though. You did <laughs> not yet. We still, you got, you there know, is a guy coming at, you know, like nine thirty. Yeah. He'll be here. He'll finish up for me. <laughs> but you'll just white glove it till he gets here, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> so some people that listen might not you know, might not know what a gaffer does. What, what, what's a gaffer do? Well, you know, in my world, we do everything, but we really don't. Um, the, <laughs> the gaffer is kind of, uh, I like to think of myself as a liaison between the director of photography yep. and the rest of the crew. The rest of the grip and like G&E crew? G&E crew. Yeah. Yeah. So. Grip and electric. I enjoy speaking with the DP, and there's such a wide variety of DPs out there. Some of them say, this is what I want. And some of them say, the camera's going to be here, light it. Yeah. And honestly, I like it when they say, light it, and I get to be creative. Mm-hmm. And so then I work with uh, the key grip, and we come up with a game plan on how to achieve the effects that need to be achieved and kind of, you know, let the crew know and guide them in the, what we feel is the best way to do it. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that with gaffers, there's, there's, 
you know, they're all over the spectrum as far as kind of how they how they lean and where they're where they're um, where their real skills kind of are driven home. And and working with you, you, you're you're really artistic with the way that you that you light stuff. It's not, uh, you know, you're definitely a technician, uh, but you're also, you know, you lean into the DP space pretty heavily and it's easy Thank for you. guys it's easy for guys like me to dp stuff because you can you can come up with a lighting plan that uh is is a lot of times you know nicer than what i had in mind so <laughs> well thanks yeah. um and i love being in that space but it's it's still going to depend on the dp yeah on whether i can make it look good or not you know if yeah. i've worked with dps before that i don't know why they're a dp mm-hmm and they can't frame a shot. Mm -hmm. And if you can't frame a shot, it makes it really hard to make a pretty picture out of it, no matter how you light it. Yeah, I see that. So, you know, start with the basic of, hey, this is a pretty frame. Yep. And then it's easy to build on that and create something that looks nice, looks natural, because that's what I always like to go for is, mm -hmm. you know, Give highlights, give direction, but don't make it look lit. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people who, who clients in particular, you know, they're, you know, oh, we want it, we want it to look like this. You know, we don't need a huge, you know, grip and electric budget for this because we really don't want it to look lit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right. it's like, well, that's a lot more work than, yeah. than neither then, does your gaffer or your dp yeah, yeah, exactly they don't want it to look lit either and that's why yeah. there needs to be more of them yes yeah because that's harder mm -hmm. <laughs> um so how did you get how did you get started how did you kind of figure it all how'd you figure it out how'd you how'd you find out that you wanted to be a gaffer man i was so lucky um i was bartending in my early 20s i guess and um I had a good friend that was working for a production company called Roland Production, who's uh, no longer around in Knoxville, but used to do some some good stuff. Old Tommy Roland. Yes, indeed. When I was a, a child actor, I, I did some work with Roland Productions. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so your friend hooked you up with him? Yeah, yeah. So I got to, to go on set there, and, you know, I was thinking about it. And one of my first jobs was a McDonald's commercial with Devin Vasquez hmm. was the talent's name. Okay. Um, she at one point was a in Playboy and mm -hmm. beautiful woman. And, and, and you were hooked. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you're going to bring me in. I'm going to work this really cool job and, you know, be rewarded financially. Sure. With this day rate, which was much more than I was making when I was bartending, mm -hmm. and I don't have to buy my lunch, yeah. you're feeding me lunch as well. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm good with this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know, after work, you get to hang out with cool people, and and yeah, I was I was definitely interested. Um, I had the fortunate opportunity to work with a man named Tony Carapi. Yeah. Uh, here in Knoxville, who he went Legendary. to NYU. Yeah, yeah, he went to NYU, you know, and 
did movies. He's he's done. He's worked in so many departments in the business. Yeah, and knows so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing, and I was very fortunate to to yeah. have him in my life. And he kind of guided me, and that's when I kind of you know it was either grip or electric. But in Knoxville, you kind of play both teams. Sure. But he groomed me more for electric mm. and for the lighting thing. Yeah. Um, knowing which instruments to use to achieve certain things. Yeah. But also knowing what you can plug into what outlet without yeah. setting things <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, I got to say about Tony, I, I've, I, you know, came across him about 10 years ago, kind of when I first started a little bit of an upward trajectory in the film business, kind of out of the PA world and now starting to really learn real skill sets. And um, I don't know that I had the experience you did where he completely took me under his wing, but I was so, uh, I was so impressed and so amazed with what a good teacher he was and how, how he could identify talented people and the people that he would offer up that information to because yeah. he didn't, it didn't seem like he would just go out of his way to educate everybody, mm-hmm. but he would, he was not selfish with information. And oh, he, he loved to share and he teach. He did. And, yeah. and, and, and he was, um, he was one of those guys that was so secure in his ability that he wasn't worried about training up some guy who was going to replace him. No. He uh, had the all all uh, rising tide floats all ships kind of mentality. Yeah. I mean, something I learned from him early on is you're only as good as your crew. Mm-hmm. So he wanted the best on his crew. So, you know, it made his life easier. Yeah. And so that's, you know, uh, that was in the 90s. And there, you know, Knoxville's, it's had such a nice existence in the in the film world, you know, well, back when we were shooting film, and then mm-hmm. of course it's transitioned to where it is now. But a lot of people here, um, I guess my generation of people were able to get in with Tony and and he taught us all a whole lot. Just set etiquette, you know. Professionalism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, the steps you take to yeah. to make it work right. Right. Um, well, he, I mean, he worked on Shawshank. He worked on a, mm-hmm. and worked on a bunch of movies in the, you know, nineties, right? Eighties yeah, and nineties. Tom, Tom Robbins movies, I think, yeah. or oh, who was it I'm thinking of? But yeah, he did a lot of movies. He, he played with the big boys for a long time. He did. Yeah. There he were a couple, indeed. there were a couple guys like him that really got some very, yeah, call it classical training or, you know, classic training yeah. of, of how the big boys do it. And Michael Underwood is another Another one of those guys. Very instrumental in both of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He, was, he gave us a lot of guidance as well. Yeah. He did. Well, how how did the uh how did the did you start in the grip and electric department right away or did you have to PA or did you did you just kinda start as a as a grip and work your way up? I pretty much I guess I that first job I was a, a grip PA. Yeah. You know, just do yeah. whatever I had to do. This is a C stand. Here's how it works. Yes. This mm-hmm. is a sandbag. You're going to carry these a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Listen to the walkie talkie and bring these to me when yes, I ask for them. Exactly. Yeah. And stay on like, the truck and don't break anything. I'm okay. I'm making this amount of money. I'll do yeah. whatever you say. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that. And then, you know, rolling productions, when I was slow, they would bring me in. I'd paint the studio or, 
you know, organized gear. Yeah. Which was good because I learned more about the gear. Yeah. You know, so just kind of started being on set more and more. And it progressed, you know, sometimes working as a grip, but, you know, back to Tony, he always wanted me on the electric crew. So sure. worked on the electric crew more than the grip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a television show, Christy, came to town mm-hmm. back in the early 90s. Okay. And Tony got me on that job. He was not on it, but... Um, he talked to people and was like, this guy's going to be good. And that was my first real ass kicking mm-hmm. in the the big time world. You Some know? good 14, 16 hour days. Yes. Eight, eight hour turnaround. Big egos, yeah. you know, lots of money. It was a CBS series. Yeah. Um, shot two seasons here. Uh, the the gaffer was a, a, a nice man. I mean, he was... Very established. He did mm-hmm. a really good job. Um, his his best boy was a former Marine and just kicked my ass. Really? He really tried to break me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. How close did he come? He came really close mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. I am out. I can't work for this dude. Do this. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't. I, right. I, I stuck, stuck with it. Yeah. And fortunately, he didn't come back the second season. <laughs> <laughs> It was a different best boy. We got along much better. Good. <laughs> yeah. How long was that series? It was just two years uh, in the States, and then it went to Canada, and they shot it there for another year or two. Shot in Knoxville? Yes, up in Townsend. Okay. So Cool. I remember that show. Yeah. It was yeah. Kelly Martin and, uh, oh, Tyne Daly. Oh, yeah. Tyne Daly, mm-hmm. just just awesome woman. She actually knitted me a toboggan. Or a beanie <laughs> for my birthday one year. That's so sweet. Yeah. Love went, when talent does nice stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Went to, you know, parties and we'd be on the river in Townsend and, you know, she's got a cigar in one hand <laughs> and a jug of shine in the other, just throwing <laughs> down with the crew. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> where did it go? Where did it go from there? Were you working at this point pretty, pretty regularly? Had you quit the bar? So are we still still kind of having to play in both worlds to once to... once I did the TV show, yes, I was completely freelance. I guess I was I think my first job was in 89 or 90. Mm-hmm. And then 92 I left the bar business and okay. went complete freelance. Gotcha. And it sometimes was like, oh shit, what the hell have I done? Yeah. Where's the money going to come from? Yeah. But, you know, it always... Somehow. Somehow it came in. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't had a job since. <laughs> if you do what you love, you never work a day <laughs> exactly. in your life. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a lot like work sometimes. It does. But I'm always happy. Well, not always. Most of the time. Especially, especially with the productions that I'm fortunate enough to work on recently you know the past couple of years yeah i leave work and i'm like i feel good about that yeah i feel good about the day Mm -hmm. it seems like the like the mentality of your best boy trying to break you is Mm -hmm. not as it's not as prevalent as it was at least when i started it seems like the egos have you know the projects i work on now and and even you know towards the towards the digital switch i started to notice that 
sets be- started to become a little more civilized places to be, you know? Yes. Yes, definitely. And it's no longer a cocaine ego driven, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, 20 hour day. Let's go. Come on. Go yeah, faster. Harder, harder, faster, faster. Panic faster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely changed. And, and fortunately, egos are, are, I mean, of course, on the bigger features and that kind of job, there's, you're still going to have your egos and, yeah. and you have your people that come into Knoxville and they're like, well, people don't know what they're doing in Knoxville. So yeah. I'm going to have to educate them. Yeah. Little do they know there's actually a lot of people in Knoxville that have been on plenty of shows and know exactly what they're doing and yeah. can carry the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there's, and I feel like we have the Tony Carapis and the Michael Underwoods to thank for, yeah, for definitely. that. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, um, you know, something I do think that we struggle f- from, which some of the some of the people in uh, higher positions, maybe that own production companies, you know, they're very kind of possessive of this freelance market and they don't want bigger stuff to come to town mm-hmm. because if they do, it takes away our small crew of, of really, really good pros that we've got we've got we've got one you know we've got one chris durfee we've got one dustin tate we've got one tad howard you know yeah um but if you've got 10 shows going on in town at the same time you need some more you need yeah you you need some more it's going to be expensive to travel people and 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 all those kinds of things so yes we could we have i would put and i've i've worked all over the, the country and the world too and i would put our best guys and gals here in knoxville up with any crew that I've ever worked with awesome. any, anywhere. I'm glad to hear that. And, but, you know, I get people that come to town and work with, you know, Tad or, or Dustin, or mm-hmm. a, a, there's a group of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they're, they'll, they'll say at the end, they're like, you guys, I'll take you guys anywhere. Yeah. I had no idea this was available in Knoxville. Right. It's like, yeah, where? here yeah and i mean i i think i kind of you know via social media saw saw that happen myself i saw uh beef and pie the production company out of austin mm-hmm. um came to knoxville to shoot some stuff for tomber's group yeah. um you know maybe 10 years ago or so is when i first started to become aware of them mm-hmm. um some food city stuff some children's hospital kind of stuff big na- you know national spots or you know regional spots anyway and, uh, and then, you know, they came here, they worked with us, they loved us. They took great care of us when they were here. And then next thing I know, I look up and Knoxville has been relocated to Austin right. where they're from. They've brought the whole, <laughs> they've, they've flown the whole Knoxville crew down to Austin to shoot spots down there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It was pretty great. You and know? those guys travel all over the place. They could have taken the crew from Chicago. They could have taken the crew from LA, New York, but they, you know, but they liked you, you know, they liked you guys. Yeah. You know, they, they took Tad and I down and Patty and, Patty and Terry and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a blast. We have a good time. Austin's such a great town. Um, yeah. I love Austin. Man, I love that town. Mm-hmm. Such good food. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah, one of the first times that Beef and Pie was here and Andrew's the DP and he's, oh man, he's a joy to work with. He's total joy to work God, with. What a man. Awesome dude. Um, I think that, that Tad kind of, he got Andrew one morning. We were having, we had a sunrise shot mm-hmm. and um, Tad had his app out, you know, the, on the scout. And he was like, yeah, the sun's going to come up over there. 
And Andrew was like, no, I don't know. And, and uh, I mean, of course, you know, the sun's going to come up somewhere yeah. over there. Yeah, but but a few degrees off either direction can change your plan. Exactly. Yeah. And and Tad was like, trust me, trust me. And Andrew was just, he was a little worked up about it, you know. And um, sure enough, the, the sun came up just at the right position and we were totally set with mm-hmm. the lights we needed, the diffusion we needed. And and we cruised right into the shot. And, and Andrew was very appreciated appreciative um after that shot Mm -hmm. and was i think from then on we were definitely in it's like these guys these guys know what they're doing was that the food city gig in the parking lot it was were you there i was there yeah i remember that yeah i was paing on that yeah that's the first time i met mike figlio oh yeah yeah awesome figlio he's my i will choose him as my first ad any day (laughs) Another good man that works in this town, not from yeah. Knoxville, but yeah. we're fortunate to get to work with him as well. Yeah, it took a little while to get him back to get him back here after Beef and Pie stopped coming to town, but he's he's he'll he'll work here. Yes. He's not afraid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do next time I see him and I can't hug him. I know. How do, you can't COVID. see Mike Figlio without giving him a hug. Right? Yeah. I mean, damn. He's an awesome man. Yeah, and and he's smart enough to not say screw it. (laughs) You you bring it in. (laughs) I bet his life's changed for the worst, man. (laughs) For the worst, he's uh, he's such a hugger, dude. You know, know. you see all these people that are like, you know, this is great. I've been avoiding hugs and contact my whole life. (laughs) I know. I have some friends that are like that. They're like, I see him, and they're like, No, don't hug me. Come on, dude. I'm hugging you. Well, Andrew Yates, yep. the DP we were just talking about. Yeah. He's a non and Tad and I just both go up to him and like, yeah. we got you, man. We had this client. I was working with Jack Parker and we had a, a, a client from the agency down in in uh in uh Chattanooga and he did, same way, did not like being hugged, will not will not be hugged. Um and and we all, you know, knew it. And, and at the end of the day, I was like, Man, Chuck, we have had such a good week. I am gonna give you the biggest hug. And he panicked. He was like, <laughs> you can see it on their faces. You can. He was like, no, no, Ben, listen, we've had a really good week and I'm going to have a really good time and I don't want to ruin it now. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny when that happens. I know. Uh, so <clears throat> when did you, um, I, I guess towards the, towards the late nineties, things were still in the film world as you started to kind of cruise through your career, but yeah. we actually met or I don't know if we met, but we worked on the same set. Yes. In 1997 or 98. Yeah. And I was 13 years old and I was the kid talent. On the red lip couch or on the, sofa. On the red lip couch. <laughs> <laughs> if we just left it there and didn't explain what was really right. going it's on. like, what was that show? <laughs> it was a commercial for HGTV Romance Week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I think later when I came back and started working with Underwood in like 08, 09, we kind of looked back at at that and kind of yeah, made the connection. Yeah, you guys pulled that footage up, right? Yeah. At some point, we did. Underwood uh, Underwood got it uh, got it digitized and surprised me with it one day because it was on Betamax, and he <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, I got something for you." Yeah, <laughs> he pulled up he pulled it up on the hard drive. It's like you know this guy. Yep, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that is cool. So I'm, go ahead. I'm wondering if I don't remember what my job was on on that job, Mm -hmm. like where I was. I mean, I was obviously on the electric team and I would imagine since it was a big HGTV job, Tony was probably gaffing that. Yeah. Was maybe best boy or 
something like that. Yeah. Um, it was at that church in South, in South Knoxville, wasn't it? Wasn't it in the gym of a church or something like that? Oh, gosh. For some reason, I was envisioning it in the studio at what is now Discovery. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. So uh, you grew up in Knoxville, right? I did. You did? I did. Fountain City. Yeah. What were you into growing up in Fountain City? A mess. A mess. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Raising hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I yeah. I was, uh, I was into music. Oh, cool. I was a drummer. Okay. Um, Growing up in the, what, 70s, 80s? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, early on my, okay, just quick back history. Um, hit me. My, my family is basically from Fountain City. Okay. Um, my mother, her father, let's see, her father's father. So her grandfather worked on Gay Street as uh, he would go to New York and and buy silk and stuff like that. So he was a fabric dealer of some sort. Oh wow! Um, Back when Gay Street was booming, right? Yeah, the first time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, my grandfather on my father's side was actually from Syracuse. He went uh, to NYU. Met Elsie, married her. She was from Brooklyn. They moved to Chattanooga uh, for TVA. Mm-hmm. He moved from Chattanooga cool. to uh, Fountain City. What for time TVA. was this around? Uh, if that was your dad's forties, yeah, my dad's yeah. dad. Your dad, yeah. So this was New Deal, like yeah, era dam- yeah. building dams. It was building dams. Yeah, yeah. he was. Um, he was one of the engineers. I guess he engineered the foundations that they would build the pump houses on and oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The powerhouses where the, yes. where the turbines are. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so he, he moved to Knoxville and started the Durfee clan. Oh, okay. Uh, with three boys Ooh, nice. Uh, who all had at least two or three kids who all had offspring. So there's, <laughs> there's plenty of Durfees around now. Proliferated pretty well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my grandmother on my mother's side was a p- professional pianist. Oh, okay. Um, so as she got older, she taught a lot. She taught okay. a lot of people. So I started playing piano at my age six. Okay. I didn't know that, that about you. Years. And then, uh, fourth grade. Could you still mess around on a piano? If nobody's watching. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, play it, Derby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. But um, so um, then I started playing drums in fourth grade and then started lessons right off the bat. And, I bet your parents were pumped that you had a drum set in the house. God, you know, my mom, I think back because my girlfriend, her son is a drummer. Okay. Your current and, girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. Um, she... Her her son has had the drum set in that. Well, he's in college now, but you know we've been together. We're working on year five. Oh, nice. Um, so I I would be down there, and he's playing drums all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back, wow, my my family was really really kind of good to me to let me play drums all the time. You know? <laughs> now <laughs> so you're starting fucking noisy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch this TV show, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
don't get me wrong. I mean, Chandler's an awesome kid. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Um, so you, so you kind of had that musical influence from your mom's side, yeah. from your grandmother. Yeah. So I had the, the, uh, artistic side from my mother and my, my dad's an engineer and well, he's retired now, but so hey, engineers on the, on, yeah, Norm, okay. uh, engineers on the Durfee side and musicians on the Og side. So perfect. Kind of came together and, uh, you know, I've always been the black sheep of the Durfee family for sure. Really? Um, Just because yeah. he, yeah. What's your boy into? Has he got an Etsy <laughs> yeah. page up? Is he? <laughs> my, my grandfather, uh, uh, Durfee was still alive. He's like, so, uh, are you working? <laughs> you got a job? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still freelancing. <laughs> Just, it never really, yeah. never really took with him that yeah. I'm a freelancer and yes, I'm working all the time, but yeah, no, I don't have a job. Wasn't a real job to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. But, um, yeah, so I was into the whole, uh, musical thing and, and then, uh, then kind of realized having fun was pretty great too. And kind of didn't practice as much, but yeah. it was still fun. I mean, I still stuck with percussion mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, and I, you know, I think it kind of carried over because I don't know how much you had to do with people in the band, but the drum section was always kind of like getting to do their own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. They just kind of live their own life. Like the, the school band, the marching band? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they get to go off and and practice their whole thing without the whole of the rest of the band. Yeah, you know? they're like the they're like the kicker on the football team. You always see yeah. them just practicing their own thing by themselves. Exactly. <laughs> so I was always kind of used to doing my own thing. And I think it just transitioned into what I'm doing now, you know? Yeah. I've I've never really had this whole like nine to five, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and mm -hmm. follow this path. Yeah. I've just kind of gone with it. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to, I feel, have an all right life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you do. I've, I mean, I've, I've known you for, what, 10 years, 12 years now, somewhere in that world. And uh, you've really made yeah. it happen, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at some point, you met my, my friend Mark West. Yeah. <laughs> Back in those high school days, actually. Was he getting into trouble, too? Yes. <laughs> We would, our lockers were next to each other for some reason. Uh, Cause I mean, he was a year older than me and the West and Durfee. There's no reason for our lockers to be next to each other. But right. I remember you guys were probably at the wrong lockers. Probably so. <laughs> we both walk in and like, we both have red eyes and just kind of <laughs> grin at each other and laugh and walk away, you know, <laughs> game like, respecting game. Yes. If you know, you know, yes. <laughs> Well, I, I, I worked for Mark West back in the early 2000s. He was really nice to bring me along when I needed needed some work. Yeah. Uh, worked, he worked me uh, as a uh, technician of sorts in the, in the uh, home theater design yes. world. So we built a lot of cool systems and, and got, you know, design was a part of it too. You know, where does this look the best? Where do, where do these speakers need to go? Yeah. Um, and so you can imagine how tickled I was when I realized that you guys knew each other <laughs> yeah. because I love that man. <laughs> he is so awesome. He's yeah. such a kind person. He I really mean, is. But what a sense of humor too. I mean, he's just <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> wow. 
okay, man, you come out with it. <laughs> yeah. I got a text from him one day. He was like, Hey man, I know you're busy and you've got a full-time job, but, uh, I, I've got a job working down in Austin. So, uh, if your liver needs a good workout, holler at me. I'll take you with me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I run into him from time to time. Um, he'll be having lunch. I'll be having lunch, be in West Knoxville, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey man, let's have a three beer lunch today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> We're not working. <laughs> yeah. Or he is. <laughs> but, no, he would, I think he'd be awesome on your show too. I would like to know his whole story on how he got into, on how he's made such a craft. I mean, he's yeah. he's good. He's, he's really like the good. best. That's why he's going to Austin to do people's mansions. Yeah, because he builds these home automation systems and these theater rooms and things like that. That you just, yeah, it's another one of those things you're talking about. You know, people people don't realize the craftsmanship and the artisans that we have here you can't just put speakers up and you're done yeah yeah it's, oh. Oh. <laughs> <Or> the, <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> you don't want it to sound lit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so did you go to college after i after, did yeah. some yeah i didn't graduate i'll say yeah. that um i went to ut for a little cool. bit um I went to Mississippi for a little bit okay. and was just like, what the hell am I going to do? Um, okay, so I think I'm going to go into the Air Force. Did you do that? So I did. I joined the Air National Guard. Nice. What's the difference between that, the Air National Guard and the Air Force? Uh, Air National Guard is just on the weekends once mm. you're into Air National Guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's one weekend a month, two weeks a, two weeks a year. It's what's down here, right? It at is. The, on yeah. Alcoa Highway at the... At the air base. Yeah. yeah. Um, you see that place full of, full of cars on the weekend? Well, you're thinking, if you're just right down the road, that's the Marine base. Oh, okay. The uh, Air National Guard is out by the airport. Okay. Um, so I, I went to basic training... And did that for six weeks. And then um, I actually went in because I wanted to be in the band. In, like uh, the, what's it the called? The Air Force Band. Yeah. Um, so they were like, well, your ASFAB scores are really good. So we want you to do this electronic stuff. I was mm. like, oh, I don't really want to do that. And they're like, well, just go this so we can give you the training and then you can switch into the band. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I had this, you know, nine month tech school. So you go to. Dang. You go to basic training, then you go to tech school. You basically come out with an associate's. I was called. It was called wide band, wide band of communications. Gotcha. And you're setting up comms in new new places. Yeah. So basically, you're the the troops are you know in one place mm -hmm. and they need a message. So the message gets sent sent to us, and we re up it and send it all. Gotcha. So you had to build. You had to be familiar with those systems to build the infrastructure. Yeah. To... I had to be able to completely take it apart, put it back together. Mm -hmm. Just know every diode and mm -hmm. all that crap. It was yeah. really got pretty good with the soldering iron. <laughs> Fortunately, I just knew about it all on paper in my oh, mind. Good. And yeah. you know, you had these trays that you'd slide in and out and that kind of thing. It, God, it was tedious. It was so boring. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, Fortunately, while I was in tech school, I was in drum and bugle, which was super cool. Which is what you wanted to do to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then I came back to Tennessee and well, started. Well, where was the tech school? 
Uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you do the weekend thing at the Air National Guard base, and then you and then you go to Biloxi. Is that how that? No. Out? So you. You, you you leave Knoxville and you go to San Antonio. Is that where basic training? Or is? Lackland, Lackland, Texas, Lackland, Lackland Air Force Base. Okay. And yeah, you're you're six weeks of basic training, and then from basic training you go straight to tech school. Okay. Which was in Biloxi, and okay. that was nine months. Okay. Um. And then at some point, you know, you go through phases, mm-hmm. and. So phase one, you stay in your uniform the whole time. Phase two, you can get out of your uniform, but you can't leave the base. Phase three, you can get out of your uniform and you can leave the base. So my parents came down to see me. They brought my car. So I had a car on base. So that was pretty cool. Not many of us had a car on yeah. base. Phase three you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I overstepped my bounds and got sent back to phase one. Oh, um, really? <laughs> I had to work my way back up to phase three. Yeah. The old reset button. Yeah, I yeah. did. What, did, yeah. You, did you miss an, uh, did you miss a call time? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a gaffer I, already. I <laughs> was, man. I've always been good at pushing the envelope, you know, whatever you say. But <laughs> So you got your car sitting there. You can't drive it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People were borrowing it. I'm like, damn. Have fun. Yeah. Let me know how I was doing. <laughs> So you got back to Knoxville, and, and what was the plan then? So uh, then I went back into the restaurant business. Um, so, so you did all the training and then never? Well, then I was doing the one week in a month. Gotcha. And the two weeks out of the year. And, okay. And I was like, that was around the time I figured out I really liked the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And that became the center of my life. Yeah. And just, what, what year was that? Uh, Ninety. 89, Nine. 89. Bruce, yeah. Bruce yeah. I think my first show was, I did see Bruce Hornsby <laughs> open up for the dead. <laughs> Damn, you're good. Um, so I kind of just threw everything away just to follow the just dead. Just to go on tour? Just to try to get to my next show, you know? Yeah. It's, that's all I cared about. Tour life is real, man. It is. I never toured like Shelly, my girlfriend. I mean, mm-hmm. she'd go to you know, from one place to the next. She'd go she, on summer tour. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. was, she was able to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it was like three shows here, two shows here, that yeah. kind of thing for yeah, me. Yeah. Mini tours. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that a little bit. I think the most, most, I did some string cheese touring back in, uh, back in 2007, I think it was. Saw seven shows in a row. Nice. And that was, that was my, that was my, I think that's the most I've ever done. And I've done some little fish tours, like four nights of fish or, you know, four or five, six nights here and there. String cheese. I've followed, I've, I've chased some bands around, but I, but I always wondered what it would be like to just, just go on tour. Yeah. I mean, just load up the VW bus. I've already got one. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> just go sell some burritos, man. Yeah. Garlic yeah. grilled cheeses. Yes, exactly. I watched a guy, uh, mistake, uh, hundred dollar bills for $1 bills one night in the, uh, in the uh, parking lot in, of the Asheville Civic Center and paid $300 for uh, three grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> His vision was a little shaky. I think so. <laughs> After the shit. Wow. Yeah. That's a big mistake. That is a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Watched it all go down. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. So what was that like? Chasing the dead around oh man it was the best it was the best so did you cry when jerry died oh god it was devastating man and it sucked so badly because not only had he died but 
So I had the starter marriage. Um, a starter marriage? A starter, starter marriage. Yeah. It lasted, you know, two, two years, something gotcha. like that. Um, awesome woman. Very intelligent, lovely woman. I don't have anything bad to say about her. We were just too young. Yeah. We were both into the Grateful Dead and, you know, met at a dead cover down, Shakedown Street, down at Bullfrogs in the old city. Okay. Um, so you guys were both in the scene? We were both in the scene. Yeah. Um, Had your tie-dyes and your bus. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 Um, the, the archetype. The, yeah. The, yeah. The look. The look. Um, so, you know, I had kind of been like, I, I don't want to do this Air Force thing anymore. I'm, I, this is this is the route I want to go. And we, uh, the Air Force and I came into an agreement about that, and they let me, they let me get a, a decent discharge, okay. and boom, I was on my way. Yeah. Um. And amicable, uh, amicable split. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we respect each other. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just didn't work out. You in the Air Force? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, Sandy and I had a great time just, you know, going to different shows. And mm-hmm. I guess I, I was going to shows before I met her. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, man. I just, I love that whole thing. I love the camaraderie. It's, it's awesome. Everybody's so happy all the time. It is. Until the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> the first time, my first show was in Atlanta. And it was at the Omni. Mm. So I walked over this hill and I just saw what, you know, they call Shakedown Street, which mm-hmm. is, if people don't know, it's where all the tie-dyes are, where you buy everything you yeah. could ever it's, want. It's the lot scene. Yes. It's where everybody sells their wares to make it to the next town. Yes. Yeah. So I walked over and I saw that and I was like, I'm home. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> It's great. And and I was hooked from then on, man. Yeah. And it was like, it was very good. And so Sandy and I were going through a divorce when, mm. uh, when Jerry passed. So all of my friends, she had a party. She was having a party. And so all of my Grateful Dead friends were going over to her place. So I was left to mourn alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I went to the old city to Manhattans and was like, I, I remember seeing some uh, Grateful Dead fans that were also mourning, and you know, it was like we showed each other respect. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, it was like, oh damn, this really sucks. I could really use a hug right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I I couldn't <clears throat> I couldn't imagine. I mean, Jerry was the leader of the the whole movement. It, yeah, that hippie movement did did not really, you know. I don't know. It didn't exist in that kind of way until the Grateful Dead kind of unified it in the, mm-hmm. in the late 60s. And it became a safe place for all kinds of weirdos and every, yeah. everything. Be whatever you want to be. We're not going to judge you. And Jerry became this like de facto figurehead of this whole generational movement. And such a saint. I mean, such a man. That man. Yeah. Oh, God. I still love him. I still cry sometimes. I do. It's <clears> like, <throat> I think I've sent you texts before. You know, yeah. like on his birthday or something like yeah. that. And I'm just at home and I'm drinking some wine and I've got him cranked up. And it's like, God damn it. I yeah. miss this man. I know. I God. never, I never knew, I never knew him, his music before he died. Yeah. I remember when he died, I was a kid, but I remember it. I remember my dad telling me and mm-hmm. my dad wasn't a huge deadhead, but he was like, this sucks. You know, yeah. this is a bad thing. <laughs> and, uh, man, you know, I listen to a broke down palace now or a war frat and I'm just yeah. like, Oh my God. Yeah. That dude 
He's evoking some real emotion out of me right now. And I love him. And I don't know why I love him. Right. I never even knew he existed when he was alive. Yeah. He just, he just brings something out in you. He, he, that guitar, the way he makes it sing. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, ah, and it's, it's not like he's got a beautiful voice, but there's just something about his voice that is so endearing. And you just, it's the soul in it. It is. You just, oh man. And Robert Hunter did a great job of, of writing songs for, for Jerry's. Yeah. For Jerry's personality. Yeah, indeed. You know, Jerry was a tortured dude, man. He has demons. Yeah. He did. And they got him. They did, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I remember when, I remember when you and I, not when we first met and not when we first worked on our first gig together, but we were in St. Louis uh, (laughs) on a a gig with Michael Underwood. What was that? Florence? What was his name? Hence Fallen. Yes. My name is Hence Fallen, and I'm changing, changing the, the world, world in St. Louis. <laughs> exactly. He was the best. Yes. That was a great shoot. We were up there for two days. It was me, you, Josiah Morgan, Michael Underwood. Yep. And uh, I didn't know you that well, uh, but I went down to the bar after we had wrapped one night after I'd gotten all my work done and walked down there. And I, I don't know which one of us got there first, but. Yeah. You know, we had some beers. We did. And <laughs> we ended up, we became fast friends. Yes. You know, indeed. Yeah. And I, and I think we immediately bonded over the, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, you know, the, the sympathizing with the jam bands and, uh, yeah. with, with the, with the Grateful Dead. And yeah, we, and yeah, we that. definitely connected. Yeah. Instantly. Definitely yeah. like minds, kind yeah. spirit kind of thing. Sure. And then we, um, we, we traveled around together a lot. For, we did. We have had some good times in many different places. We have. I mean, there is a drink named after you in uh, <laughs> in Brunswick, Missouri. That's right, the Derf Daddy. Yeah. Little did they know it's an Arnold Palmer. Yes. <laughs> it's just the first time they'd ever heard of I it. I can't remember. Was it you or Josiah that was like, when she was like, what's that called? And one of you just spoke up and was like, oh, that's the Derf Daddy. <laughs> We walked in the next day for breakfast, and they had it written on the board outside as a drink special. Try our Derf Daddy. (laughs) Yeah, try our Derf Daddy. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Yeah, that was such a small little town, man. That was so funny. Like, wasn't it like one road in, and there was like a a welcome sign for us when we drove in, and there was a departing sign when we drove out. It's like, yeah, holy so, shit. Yeah, so um, have you seen Waiting for Guffman? I have not. The the uh, it's a Christopher Guest movie. It's a dude that does um, it's a dude that does Best in Show, Spinal Tap, all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did this thing, you know, and 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 they thought this big theater critic from New York was coming in town to see their show, you know, and the, and he ends up, uh, not showing up. And it's uh, this whole, it's this whole thing where, you know, they work for months to impress this one guy that's going to put him on the map and he doesn't show up and it's just heartbreaking for everybody. Well, I can only imagine that the people of Brunswick, Missouri felt about the same way <laughs> when they have welcome HGTV written yes. on the marquee at the entrance to the city. And, you know, four guys roll in in a, in a Chrysler minivan, <laughs> minivan yeah. <laughs> ready to shoot the commercial. With a fucking sun bounce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, I hated that thing. How many blood blisters did you get putting oh, that God, thing together? Man, I, I'm just wondering if I still have scars from that fucker. We did a lot but. with a little on those commercials. We did. And we learned how to do that. Yeah. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Both Michael and Josiah were very good at framing it. Yes. And and making Blocking it, it so lighting yeah. it, shooting yes. it yeah. in that order. <laughs> so but it made it so we could get by with little and still yeah. make a pretty nice project. Yeah. I mean a nice image. I mean, I remember some of those. Um I Connecticut was was one of them. Were you on, were you with us on that one? Um yes, with the we drive in uh, movie theater that we did. There's did a we young go girl. Daryl Halls? No, that was a different that was a different thing. But but I remember, you know, at the end of one of our days, Michael was like, we made beautiful stuff today and we did 18 unique camera setups in 18 different locations around the city. Wow. And it's like, how can how you, do, do, you that? do that? We have four people right, who can do a lot more than, than, you know, who can do a lot with a little. Yeah. Well, that was like when we were in Ohio, right? On the uh, Quaker. Oh, or the. Uh, the the, uh, the vanilla the, ice thing? Yes. The Amish. The Amish. Yeah, the vanilla ice goes Amish. Didn't sure. we have a ridiculous amount of setups in one day yeah. there too? Yeah. I mean, like just like holy yeah. shit. How, how are we this doing happen? this? And and Underwood, our director, is was not this go, 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 go kind of guy. He's the, he's the most like chilled out dude in yeah. show business. And it was like, how did we do this? We were yeah. smart. We were efficient. We were Michael was Michael was, you know, smart about it and and he had the, I think he had the, the right mentality and it was beautiful. And he's got an eye that can hmm. make a fence post look just absolutely beautiful. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean. Yeah. You're right. It's so, yeah. When you work with it that, it, it becomes easy. It's like what you were talking about earlier. DP has got to start you somewhere. Yeah. They frame the shot. Yeah. Nice. It makes my job very easy. Yeah. So, after after the Air Force and you're, you're you're boogieing through the restaurant business, how long did it take you in the restaurant business before you quit? And what was the moment that you were like, I don't need this anymore. I, I'm I'm a film film industry guy now. Well, the moment was going to work, and the manager sitting down to have a talk with me. Going going to going to work at the restaurant okay. where I was bartending. Okay. So basically, you know how the bartend bar business works. You. You give a little, you make a little extra. Yeah. Um, uh, the two of us pretty much ran the bar. We had where was the, it? It was Amigos in the old city. Okay. Pretty fun place back then. Um, there were times for parties. It'd be you know three deep with people, and you're just slinging drinks as fast as you can. Like oh yeah. Um, so we even with friends coming in and they get an extra pour here, extra pour there, we had an 18% liquor cost, which was... Is that high? That, no, that's what you want. Oh, gotcha. and at, at that point, anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had been working the bar upstairs one night and it was slow as hell. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy was, he was my only customer that mm-hmm. night. And you're trying and to work him. You're I trying am. to work the one you had. Yeah. You, need, you needed to... Get a little extra out of him if you weren't going to have anybody else come in. Exactly. So um, he had a couple of happy hour beers, and then he ordered like a third beer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it's it's past happy hour, but I'll go ahead and give these to you for happy hour. You've been here. I've enjoyed talking to you. I went into work the next day, and the the manager was like, so that guy you served that discount beer to was a spotter. He was. It was a sting operation? It, well, it was... So a group of doctors owned the bar. Yeah. So they were they were sent a secret shopper. They in. sent a secret shopper in, and yeah. they were like, "Yeah, he's right. breaking the rules. He's got to go." Yeah. 
kind of bi- binary like, decision right there. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much you serve them for, you know, how well you serve them for years. Exactly. So yeah. you it's know, probably a that blessing. Was that. It was. I mean, I don't know what at what point I would have had the confidence to say, I'm done. Yeah. And and take it. It's hard to leave a good the good thing. It was. Man, yeah. I was working sometimes somebody has to force your hand. I was working Wednesday through Saturday bartending mm-hmm. and making great money had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. So playtime, all that cash in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was pretty sweet. Did you have a kid <laughs> yet? Know? I did not. Okay. No. No. Um that came later. That came later. So after Sandy and I split, um, you know, I was single for a little while. And then I uh, started dating this girl named Allie, a, a sweet girl still in college and just doing her thing. And she graduated college in August. And then in October, we told my parents that we were pregnant. Mm, we okay. were living in sin at that point. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I call it him the best accident I ever had. Yeah. You know, the happiest Your accident. Son. All of that. Yes. Cameron. Yeah. He has been a dream since the first day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I got so lucky. He's a great kid. And I know that you're, I know you're really proud of him too. I am. All, all this. I mean, he's working on that PhD now, man. I mean, yeah. holy shit. Who, who would have thought? Right. There, you know, in the, in the business we talk, when we're in overtime, we call each other, you know, Dr. Fields, Dr. Durfee. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a Dr. Durfee. Yeah. That's my son. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> really? That's how you know you did it right, man. Yeah. Yeah. He did it right. Yeah. I mean, I I just tried to provide guidance along the way. And his mom and I were together for 10, 11 years. Yeah. Um, I remember when you guys split. Yeah. You, yeah. You told me we were in, uh, we we're in Mississippi, I think. And uh, we sat down for a beer one night, and you kind of kept yourself most of the week, I think. And mm-hmm. you said, Allie dropped the D bomb on me. Yeah. Know, right before we <laughs> left. I was like, oh no, man. Yeah. But also, like, it's almost like the secret shopper. Like, I, I watched you after that do like some pretty awesome growing as a person. And like, you got into yeah. exercising, you shaved your head. You- <laughs> Looked like Mr. Clean. At that I point. thought you looked great. <laughs> Thank you. And I remember, I, I remember, I asked you. I was like, "Why'd you grow all your hair back? You looked so good with a shaved head." And I think what you told me was, um, you told me, "I think I looked mean." And people's I, first impression of me was that I looked like a mean I person, did. so I, was, I didn't like it. I was walking down the street one day, and I, I like I saw myself in a reflection in a mm-hmm. window, and I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> That's scary. I don't want any trouble. Oh, <laughs> right. oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. <laughs> nice guy doesn't look so nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're like you're one of the nicest, kindest, sweetest oh, people I know. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, what what else what else happened to get us up to to get us up to today? I know there's I know there's a lot, and there's you know this is a twelve hour podcast if we want it to be. I mean, hell, we should have pressed go over at the over at uh, after wrap the other day, right? We, yeah, yeah we, we pretty much we pretty much did it. But you, you know, know, I've just been so fortunate, and I've been I don't know. I just feel like doors keep opening for me, and I keep learning, and I think that that's really important. And I and I know that. 
I think Michael Underwood probably instilled that in you as well, is you've got to keep reinventing yourself. Yeah. And I don't sit down to say, how am I going to reinvent myself? But I kind of keep transitioning into... Incremental change? Yeah. Like, I'm... Okay, I'm going with this now. Here's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, I was scared to buy a little bit of equipment. Like I didn't want to piss anybody off, you yeah. know, and friends on anybody's territory. Yeah. But I, I took a chance and I did, yeah. and it was it was the best move I've made. Yeah. You know, it was like, holy shit, I couldn't have made it through the pandemic if I hadn't had some lights. Yeah. That I'd been able to rent. You know, I would have been screwed if I'd just been living it off day rate. Yeah. I mean, it worked uh, awesome. You bought a sky panel and then we bought it from you twice after that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and so you guys are pretty close to buying my, uh, my tire tubes, tubes as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it seems. Let me it, know what you want to buy next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I know that, that you, you know, know Bobby Drennan or, or knew Bobby oh, Drennan, yeah. but yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he kind of, instilled in me um a little bit of that of like just nobody ever nobody ever makes a change in their life that they're not happy that they made you never look back at a change that you made and say damn it that was the wrong move like right it seems like everything if you're a happy person and you're a person that's doing all right even though even though making tough decisions and making life changes are hard like mm-hmm. you're always glad you did it at at the end. And it sounds like some of those changes, you know, like with buying the gear, like I'm sure that was tough I mean, yeah. to, to, to go in debt thousands of dollars or to, to burn a thousand, thousands of dollars at a time, right. You know, on a certain thing that you're not sure if it's going to ever get, you know, recouped. Glad you did it now though. Right? Oh, hell yeah. And yeah. I think it, did, I didn't realize it when I was doing it, but once I did it and I was able to say, I'm a gaffer with a sky panel. Yeah. Now I'm a gaffer with a sky panel and a stereo tubes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at what else is going to be on my list of things that I'm going to be able to bring to the table. Yeah. I think that makes it so that people are like, they take you a little bit more professional than mm-hmm. he's a gaffer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a I trunk mean, slammer. Just a, a dude showing us. Right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So at uh, first I thought you said Trump slammer, which I'm that too. So <laughs> let me see one question here. Yeah. I'll see if I can lead you into it. Have you ever worked a job that you really had a um, moral, uh, uh, moral dilemma on whether or not to oh, take it? Shit. <laughs> God damn it, Ben. <laughs> yes, you know, I have. <laughs> I wrote down one question. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's good stuff. Oh, fucking Trump. Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> I sold my soul. I'm such a whore. Um, we all are, man. Don't beat are. yourself up over that. I mean, but you're feeding your family. You're sending your son to school. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those things you have to separate it at some point. I mean, but you also have to draw the line somewhere, you know? And I will never do another Trump rally. Really? I will. I can honestly say that to you. I did it once. You gaffed a Trump rally. I did. Yeah. I, I fucking lit Trump. I tried to make it so a light would fall on him. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, I did not. But I, I can't say it didn't cross my mind. Um, <laughs> Wait, does that mean I'm in trouble now? Yeah. <laughs> Am I on a list? Yeah. 
<laughs> Edward Snowden's going to pick this up on Monday morning, and you're going to be in big trouble, mister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I went in there, and, and oh, my God. Once that man came in, I was just like, what have I done? What, what, why? What amount of money is worth what I have done? Really? It was terrible. Yeah. Was it, did you feel like uh, you were behind enemy lines the entire time? <laughs> I was just angry the whole time. Really? I really was. There's a I photo out there of like, you, man. Yes. Of you're like, I don't know if your hands up against your head, if you're just like breathing really hard. My side eye. Yeah. And Trump's standing yes. right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was when Pence was right behind me. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. And Eddie Resendez, <laughs> he, he, um, so, Pence was doing his uh, his thumbs in the air. Oh, gotcha. And Eddie Resendez took that picture and put a sky panel in it where he was holding it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Can you not even light it right, dude? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you look at the photo, you're like, yeah, that's lit well. It yeah. looks good. That place looks good. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I know we've got a lot a lot more we could uh, we could cover, but we, have we missed anything missed anything big and glaring? I don't think so, man. Um, you know, I, I'm just happy to keep keep going on as a gaffer. I was I was worried about having enough information for an hour as a gaffer, but it seems like it's kind of we're filled fine. up. And yeah, yeah, we could talk more. We could probably share things I shouldn't share, yeah. but maybe as good an hour as <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I'm really glad that. I'm really glad that you did it, and I'm and I and I hope that uh, on on Monday morning when when you hear this that you're glad you did it yes, too. Yes, I'm sure I will be, yeah. man. Thanks for inviting me. I love you, man. Love you back. I appreciate Indeed. you being here. Yeah. Take care. Peace. Well, how do we do, guys? I just I love that man. Love me some Chris Durfee. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, at South of Scruffy, uh, send me an email, southofscruffy at gmail.com. Go to the website, southofscruffy.com, and uh, check that out. All kinds of cool stuff there. Uh, Share us around with your friends. Get some more people listening to the show if you enjoy what you're, what you're hearing. Uh, I know I appreciate you guys a lot, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. Matt Honkin, play me out.